0: Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your source
1: for all SEC news, stats, scores, and more. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Brandon Byrd, Luke Olsip, and Brad Rush. Welcome listeners to episode 18. The final bit of the SEC season was of course last week. We move on into the college football playoffs and the ever so not fascinating bowl games this year. As usual I got myself Brandon Bird and Mr. Luke Alsip in tonight. Luke, how are you feel about the f- football season ending up?
2: Not good. Not good. Um, Yeah, I mean, I could go on for days about my Florida Gators. But, uh, you know, I mean, as a whole, I think that the season went about as good as it possibly could have for the SEC. Yeah. So um, looking on the bright side, it looks like you know all the teams got their games in, which is more than I can say for the other conferences. So um, almost, uh, I mean, you had a, that Vanderbilt Georgia yeah.
1: game there at the end that did not happen, and Texas, I believe, A uh, and M, I believe, had to give up a game.
2: Uh yeah, I believe so. Was that against Ole Miss? I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that, uh, that it was canceled that, from you know, week no,
1: fifteen. I believe was the canceled.
2: Uh yeah, that sounds right. You know, and you know, no nobody was gonna miss the Georgia Vandy game. I mean I am sure the the six viewers they would have had were probably <laughs> disappointed, but uh I think I think as a whole we we did miss out on, on the AM Ole Miss game because that could have been a good a really good game. Um You know, and and Texas A and M is probably glad that they didn't play that game because, you know, Ole Miss was probably going to give them a run for their money. Um, But but as a whole, I I think the season worked out um, as well as it possibly could have.
1: Um, Hey, it worked out better than both Big Ten and Pac twelve
2: yeah i mean it usually does help to you know when you're able to play more than you know four or five games whatever it was they played um but you know that's a whole nother thing i mean i think ohio state could have possibly played a game and a half and they still would have let them into the college football playoff (laughs) um from the from the looks of it um so so yeah, a, a big plus for the SEC to to get all their games in. Um, you know, there was a lot of th- lot of um, a lot of surprises this season, which everybody knew was going to happen. Um, but as a whole, everything turned out pretty pretty well, with the exception of Florida.
1: Listeners, we're going to swap things up and do it a little bit differently today. Um, we are going to kick into, of course, last week's games, just to go over them for just a minute. We, we know how they finished out. We know what's important, and the uh, other games that were being played uh, just before the SEC championship game, not that important. We just want to touch on them. The big thing starting out is getting into bowls, and the bowl schedule, as well as uh, the news, because there's a lot of news. We have went through every week with very little news, and now it seems that is all that we have. So jumping into last week's games, the first game of the week was the Texas A&M at uh, Knoxville visiting the Vols. Oh, you know, Luke, for me, I thought Tennessee would have put up a little a little bit better of a fight than that. Um I said jokingly that Tennessee would win mainly because I have already lost in our <laughs> in our games there. <laughs> There's no way I could come back and beat you and Brad, so I uh, wanted to wanted to show a little hope for them and you know they came out of the gate, scored first, looked fantastic. Um Right out, and then Tennessee does what they what they do. I mean, it's they they cannot play four quarters of football, and uh, and Texas looked good. You know they they definitely I think they got hosed on the playoffs, which is something we'll talk about here in a couple minutes. Um, since this game, both J T. Shrout and uh, your boy uh, Brad's boy J G. have both have entered the transfer portal, <laughs> leaving Harrison Bailey. Uh, Tennessee has another yeah. young quarterback that they are heavily recruiting uh, for future talent as well. That's in high school.
2: Yeah, I know Brad's extremely disappointed that <laughs> his boy Garantano is is leaving. Um, he probably needs consoling. Uh, I don't know if somebody needs to talk him off of the ledge. You know, with his utter devastation of, of Garantano leaving. Uh, but, but yeah, JT Shroud, that was, uh, that, that was kind of a surprise to
1: me. Um, Shroud had tons of arm power, kind of like Garantano. He's like, he's like a younger Garantano, not just by a year, but tons of arm power, just accuracy was just not there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Pruitt did any favors to any of the quarterbacks on that team. Um, I mean, Garantano he, he tried his best to stick with him as long as he possibly could have until he was there was no choice where he had to switch him out. Um, but you know, when he when he started rotating the younger guys in there. Um, it was a tough situation for him because, I mean, what do you do? Do you do you just say, okay, well, I'm going to take Shroud for example, and he's going to be my guy from here on out, regardless of what happens, and let him get the snaps, let him get more adjusted to um, the fluidity of the offense. Um, But yeah, like you were saying, he just had such accuracy issues that, you know, they had to, uh, you know, try other options. And now moving forward, you know, where does Tennessee go from here?
1: We'll see. We'll see. Shroud did get most of the attempts uh, last weekend. He, He went six for 14. 104 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Harrison Bailey, while he was in, went 6-for-6, six six, 85 yards, and a touchdown. So not, uh, I can't remember why there was a change. We do know that Eric Gray was unable to uh, play. Ty Chandler taking majority of the snaps, only seven of them, uh, which is really weird, um, for 31 yards, as long as being 12. Over on the other side of the field, Mont. 26 for 32, 281 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. While his leading rusher, not by much, uh, of course, Spiller with 26 carries, uh, 89 total yards, one touchdown.
2: Yeah, Texas A&M, they they look like a good football team. Now you have to ask yourself, does Texas A&M – if if they beat Tennessee, you know, fifty two to thirteen, does the playoff committee look at them a little bit different? I don't I don't know. That's probably not. But you both know. of them
1: had a really bad second half. You know, Tennessee scoreless in the second, um, and uh, Texas A M with just ten in the fourth. So like like you said, if he Maybe if they played a better second half, um, maybe they were you know would be looked at a little harder.
2: Yeah, it's possible. Either way, they got shafted.
1: Um, a game that we certainly did not expect, and we all picked Ole Miss on this one was uh, Ole Miss and LSU. LSU pulling that one out, fifty three to forty eight. Absolutely <laughs> insane numbers in that um in that game uh Max Johnson going 27 for 51 did Sam Pittman come down and uh <laughs> I'm sorry no not Sam Pittman um, Leach, I'm sorry did yeah did Leach go over to LSU what Johnson 27 for 51, 435 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Matt Corral, just fifteen for twenty seven, two hundred and fifty one yards, three touchdowns, five interceptions, and that is exactly why LSU won that game.
2: Yeah. Uh, five five interceptions. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't care if honestly if if alabama was playing i don't know mississippi state and you know mac jones threw five interceptions in that game you know mississippi state might actually beat them <laughs> so uh you know five interceptions yeah you're you're not going to win ball games throwing five interceptions um but mm-hmm. yeah, LSU. I don't. I don't know what happened to them. It's like after, after they beat Florida. Like uh, it was actually before the Florida game. It's like something kind of clicked with their offense, and you know they were playing two horrible defenses in the Florida Gators. And, they, and they de- well, they decided on the quarterback too, and you know, they
1: yeah, would, they th- had yeah. Had that Finley helps. is our man. Finley's our man. Finley and Finley was not the man.
2: No, no, Finley was definitely not the man. Finley just reminded me of Jamarcus Russell, you know. I mean, a cannon for an arm, but, like, other than that, he really didn't have anything going for him. Um, So, yeah, LSU, I mean, Johnson, you know, moving forward, LSU at least – they can build off of this these last two games right. and um, moving into next season, they, right. their offense looks like it's in a pretty good spot. And, you know, their their defense is is not good. I mean, the fact that they, they got five interceptions, but yet they still gave up 48 points <laughs> does <laughs> not bode well for that defense.
1: Well couple of things on that uh i'm gonna hit you with a couple more stats here back to lsu um 14 of the 27 thrown by johnson were to um is that a boot um a boot? Uh, a bootay? bootay that is it yeah uh 14 of uh, those his average was 22 total yards 308 Major, major wow. receiving yards, and then back over on the Ole Miss side, the rushing stats. Who do you think was their lead rusher?
2: Um, Usually, Elijah Parrish.
1: Or? This game, it was Matt Corral, seventeen attempts on the ground, average of nine point three. You know, so you are asking, how do they? How do they give up so many points? Matt Corral on the ground was huge, 158 total yards.
2: Well, he needed to at least run the ball because he he damn sure didn't need to be throwing it anymore <laughs> <laughs> with five interceptions. Yeah, I mean, just, just running out the wildcat because it, it can't work out any worse than the passing game.
1: Our third and final uh, non-SEC championship game, Mizzou, at Mississippi State. Another one that we did not get right. We all picked Missouri on this because Missouri was, you know, looking so well. They finish out the season 500. Mississippi State finishes out three and seven with this win. They just they just hit it. Uh, Will Rogers goes 21 for 36. 295 yards, which is not, I mean, you're used to seeing 50-some-odd attempts, so 36 is not bad, 295 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, They had quite a bit of rushing yards as well with uh, Jay Marks, uh, 12 attempts, 70 yards, and over on the other side of the ball or side of the field, I'm sorry, is Connor Basilag going 22 for 38, 225 yards, two touchdowns. And here it is that turnover battle, three interceptions. Roundtree, yeah, <laughs> the third. <laughs> we started the year he was junior, now he's the third. <laughs> 25 attempts on the ground, 121 yards, two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is about Missouri. I mean, they went towards the, the the second half of the season started out really great for them. I mean, you know, they looked like they were really trending up, and it's like they for every step they took forward, they took two steps back. And I was I was just shocked that um, um Missouri didn't play better, and you know. A lot of that goes to, to like Yeah, you can't throw three interceptions um, even against Mississippi State. And I, I think it's funny that Mississippi State scores 51 points in their opener against LSU and then scores 51 points in their last conference game of the season. So, I don't know. Um, I really thought that Missouri's defense was, was going to show up um, – and be able to to um, stifle Mississippi State's offense, but but they just uh, you can't throw three interceptions, and you know Mississippi State they capitalized off of that. So you know you you take away those three interceptions, and you know you got a whole different ball game.
1: Before we get into that last game, the SEC East will run through them here. Florida, eight and two, leading the East Division. Georgia finishing seven and two. Missouri five and five. Fa- I mean, fantastic for Missouri coming in here, n- new head coach, and finishes in third in the East. That's fantastic. Kentucky, four and six, Tennessee falling to three and seven. South Carolina, two and eight. Vanderbilt 0 and 9 of course the last two on those lists get rid of their head coach this year over on the west Alabama 10 and 0 congratulations on another perfect season Alabama following behind them Texas A&M 8 and 1 very close uh, there. Auburn 6 and 4 Ole Miss 4 and 5 Arkansas 3-7 Mississippi State 3-7 LSU 5 and 5 they had uh, an asterisk for not eligible for postseason play. They were the only ones LSU was.
2: Uh, yeah, that was I – don't, I don't know. I can't remember exactly the way that story went, but I know that Orgeron said that they were not playing in a game, uh, a bowl game. But I, I think that has something to do with um, – LSU being under investigation for some apparently pretty serious allegations. And so uh, I don't know what happens to LSU in the offseason, but, um, you know, they Tennessee, might be in some Tennessee trouble. Tennessee
1: is facing some, some potential fines for breaking some recruiting rules.
2: Yeah, yeah, and same with Florida. Um, yeah. Yeah. It seems kind of kind of minor with Florida and Tennessee. I think I think they're going to be just fine. Um, I think LSU has some serious concerns um, if um, if if some of these allegations against him turn out to be correct. But you know we'll see. Um, but yeah, Orgeron just say, saying, yeah, we're just not even going to play in a bowl game. I think that that goes to show that. They're, um, I don't know. They might have some problems down there in the bayou. <laughs>
1: they may. They, they may uh, overcook the gumbo. In dealing uh, with that last <laughs> game, the SEC championship game, Alabama, of course, taking it and heading into the postseason 11-0, and uh, the best in college football this year. Florida falling to 8-3. and three. The... It was a very close game. You have to be proud of your Gators uh, when they go in at half. I mean, they're they are not looking that great, right? Only seventeen points for for Florida uh, in the first half, and then they come out and absolutely dominate the third quarter. Alabama putting up a big goose egg, uh, and then they just heading into the fourth did well. Alabama just sneaks ahead of them you know with that little bit of lead that they had still remaining from from um, the first half and then through the third quarter and then just adding just two more points over Florida in the fourth really helps them out. Uh, Some big numbers, of course, for Kyle Trask, as usual, throwing over 400 yards, just barely, but did it. 26 for 40, 408 yards, three touchdowns. Here's a big one for him, zero interceptions. That speaks very well for him and his team against Alabama. Max Jones, 33 for 43. This had to be his highest amount of attempts in a game. Uh, 418 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. Of course, Najee Harris looked fantastic with 31 rushing attempts, 178 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you can always count on Harris to do his job. Another uh, potential Heisman candidate on the receiving for, for the Alabama Crimson Tide is Mr. Devontae Smith with 15 of those receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> he, uh, Najee Harris <laughs> put up more as a running back in receiving touchdowns. Uh, he, he had three uh, receiving ones.
2: Yeah, that was that was wild because the fun little fact is he had zero receiving touchdowns, I think, going into the SEC championship game, which was a stat that I just found astonishing mm-hmm. that he had zero zero touchdown receptions, and he got three against Florida. One of the things that hurt Florida on that was
1: the the ability to not be able to run the ball. I mean, they had uh, Jones put up 24 yards. That's their leading rusher, put up 24 yards. 17 of that was on one, one play. Only two attempts for Jones. Two for Tony for 15 yards. Wright had four attempts, only 11 yards. And then, of course, just some... Random, you know, Pierce and David, just with two yards apiece, they did not run the ball at all.
2: No, and they they really haven't all season. Uh, the The biggest problem with Florida's offensive line is they are great in pass protection, but their run offensive uh, production is horrific, and. Um, Dan Mullen tried to offset some of that um, uh, by throwing out little little bubble screens and things like that to try to make those as run plays to keep Alabama's defense uh, respectable. But but when you they knew going into that game that that their offensive line was not going to be able to block downfield against Alabama's defensive line and, you know, their linebackers who were just extremely fast. So, um, so yeah, the, Florida knew there was only one way for them to win this game, and that was to throw the ball a lot and get the ball into their playmaker's hands. And... That's what they did. And, you know, the game, I I had a lot of questions leading up to that game. You know, I thought, well, when they got beat by LSU, which was just a total disgrace, uh, you know, I thought, well, there's a chance that they just kind of throw in the towel, Um, even though I know it's the SEC championship but, but they had the playoffs on their mind all season long. And I thought that maybe when they realized that that was out the window, that they might kind of just throw in the towel. But, um, but you know, to their credit, they, they didn't. And when the first half ended, I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, they're going to be able to put up some points against Alabama, but Alabama is just – going to get too big of a lead and they're not going to be able to catch up Uh, what I I think is really funny is after that game and you know god awful Gary Danielson I'm so ready for him to be gone from calling these SEC games (laughs) Um, for his absolutely fanboy love for Alabama you know um, it's like all the all the media could talk about was you know Mac Jones he he broke he broke the SEC championship game passing record with 418 yards just and 10 more like just no, 10 more yeah no mention of Trask like oh yeah you, by the way the guy that's second on that list threw for 10 less yards you know <laughs> on the other side of the ball i mean it's just I don't know. It's just, it's it's frustrating, and I, I get it. You know, Alabama's Alabama. Everybody just thinks that they're just like this unstoppable machine, but you know, it it as a Florida fan, we're just all sick because you know that that loss to LSU just threw the entire season away, literally uh like a like a shoe they yeah. just threw it away yeah and you know uh, that's one of those things where you know if they hadn't have lost to lsu does the i mean surely to god the playoff committee would have let florida in um you would think um over notre dame but uh but uh, yeah too, ohio state yeah, or Ohio State, <laughs> but yeah, you know, hat, hats off to Florida. They gave Alabama all they wanted, and Nick Saban knew that was that was going to happen. Yeah, um, they're they're he definitely knew, he, he,
1: he, testing them.
2: Yeah, he kn- he knew what he was up against, and he he knew that that Florida was going to have the best offense that they were going to face all season long and that's including the playoffs because i think Florida's offense is better than Clemson's um their their passing offense is to say that um Clemson's definitely more balanced because they can run the ball cuz they've got that incredible running back back there um but yeah ha, you know hats off to the Gators for you know at least showing up and showing the rest of the country that there's realistically, there's only two teams that have a, sh- a shot at beating Alabama and that was Florida. And now it's Clemson. So um, it looks like it's shaping up to just be another uh, Alabama Clemson, you know, round three, like rumble in the jungle, you know, round three, <laughs>
1: Jumping into the bowl weeks uh, coming up here just <laughs> right down the road, starting uh, the day before New Year's Eve, the 12-30 uh, date, uh 4 o'clock Eastern game. Number 15, Iowa and Missouri. That game's going to be on ESPN. We'll just do a, a real quick uh, picks on these, uh, Luke, because I – some of these teams we're gonna know about. Uh, a team like Iowa, you know, we're not we're not really gonna know about here. Um, the Iowa Hawkeyes this year were uh, second in the Big Ten West. Uh, they went six and two, so they're actually a team that you know was legit bowl eligible. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the teams in the SEC that weren't bowl eligible that got invitations anyway don't really know the story with that you know we talked a little bit about that earlier luke and maybe you know teams just weren't willing to travel to them and the sec teams were um but we'll we'll get into that after we go through here we know missouri finished 500 uh iowa there with uh winning six games i think that's a great matchup uh of course uh iowa finishing 15 in the nation who do we give that to right there who's your pick
2: yeah, that that's going to be a really good game. Iowa consistently fields a very solid football team. Um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, the The deciding factor in that game is going to be Connor Baslik. Uh, it's it's all going to come down to him because it, it, if he gets out there and he can, if he balls out like he is capable of, um, you know. Then, then I like Missouri in this game. Um, one thing I will say about Iowa is they've got a pretty good run defense, so they're going to make um, they're going to make Roundtree earn every yard that he gets in that game. Um, you know, I don't know, I, Missouri. I haven't watched Iowa really at all this season, so I'm gonna go with Missouri. Uh, I think it's gonna be a really close game. I'm gonna take Missouri, you know 21 to 17 in that game.
1: It is amazing the amount of non-SEC conference games that did not happen this year for me because of this show. You know, there was sole focus on the (laughs) SEC, so I didn't watch anything out of conference. Uh, So I was – I can only go by the stats. I'm going to pick Missouri on this as well. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz has come in and and proven that he's there to bring this team up and make them fighters, and they have a lot of positive buzz going around them to finish how they did in the East. That was fantastic. And so I think they go in there. They have a little chip on their shoulder from last weekend, and, and they take care of business. The second game, uh, there's only two games on the 30th. The second one I know you have to be very sad about because not only is it not a New Year's 6, it's not a New Year's Eve as well, uh, two days before the prime games. At 8 Eastern we have number seven Florida at numbers, uh, not at, but a, Oklahoma being the home team at a neutral venue. Number six, Oklahoma, that game is on ESPN as well. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch.
2: Oh yeah, this is, this one's definitely going to be fun to watch. Um, there will probably be around 162 points scored in this game, so so that will be entertaining. Um, there, if if you're wanting to watch a, a defensive slugfest, yeah, this is definitely not the game you want to watch. Uh, but if you like a lot of points being put on the board, then this is your game. And this might turn out to be one of the more entertaining games of the entire bowl season. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because Florida's defense is horrific. And so Oklahoma, they're, they're going to be able to run and gun and put points up on the board. But I think Florida's offense is just going to be – too much for them um i think their size and speed at receiver is going to be too much for oklahoma so even without kyle pitts being there i take florida um i I think this is going to be you know a, a 41 to to 35 game florida
1: Oh, when looking at Oklahoma, of course, they finished their regular season the same as Florida did with 8-2. and two. Their only loss is to Kansas State, which was close. It was just by a field goal. And um, Iowa State, um, 37-30. And then, of course, uh, beating them again in the uh, matchup um, for the Big 12 championship game. I'm sorry. Why did they face them twice here? Uh, that it, was it wasn't a championship the big... game. Hmm. I think they just because their West Virginia got canceled, that's what it was. West Virginia was postponed and then canceled and they needed to have uh another game on their on their plate there. But the games that they won against uh Kansas, which of course is a basketball school, sixty two Tennessee or, uh, Texas Tech, I'm sorry, 62, TCU, they put up 33 points. Texas, they put up 53 points. Um, Missouri State, I mean just their first game of the year uh, this past year, they've been a 48 to nothing. So yeah, they're gonna put up some points and um, I think it will be a probably one of one of the best games uh, offensively uh, with a, a lot of high points. I'm going to go Florida as well, um, just because the SEC needs to pull out and look good on this. Starting with the New Year's Eve bowls, uh, one at twelve noon Eastern. Number twenty-four, Tulsa against unranked Mississippi State. This is another one of these. Uh, what do we say? Mississippi State finished three and seven. You know how do they get invited to a bowl game? Is absolute beyond me. Uh, Tulsa <laughs> six and two, first in the American Conference. Uh, their losses to uh, Oklahoma State and to Cincinnati. You know those those are two big losses. Now they they had a lot more postponed and canceled in their, you know, in their schedule. So they they got to play a couple good games: uh, Tulane and Navy and and SMU, um, UC. Uh, Central Florida you know they beat Central Florida and you know looked okay for the games that they're going to play they're playing in the uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl I'm, I'm, the Florida Bowl I'm sorry was the Cotton Bowl I forgot to mention that and this one the Armed Forces Bowl um, I've got to Tulsa's got to uh, Tulsa's going to pull this out I mean I don't you see you think so I, I don't I don't know, uh, you know, a l- lot of those teams, you know, do a lot of passing and so forth in, in that uh, American conference. And they I seem like maybe they're a little bit more prepared or more used to that style of play, you know, where people, other people that play Mississippi State, they're, they're not used to 53, 55, 56 attempts.
2: Uh, yeah, um and can you those games that Tulsa lost how many uh points did they give up in those games? Can you tell? Sure. Uh
1: games they lost, uh Oklahoma State they gave up sixteen points and Cincinnati they gave up twenty seven. They only lost that game by a field goal.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I have to agree with you. I, I think Tulsa, even with Mississippi State finishing the season strong, you know, um, Oklahoma State's really kind of geared the way that Mississippi State is, where they just like to constantly throw the ball, and um, you know, they, they I I think they they take care of business and they give. The SEC their first loss of the bowl season. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what Tulsa's offense is like, uh, but they' I don't think they're probably going to have to be stellar to beat Mississippi State. So um, you know, I'll take Tulsa. You know, in a twenty-four to thirteen game.
1: The second New Year's Eve game, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, all these games are on ESPN except for two, so I'll just let you know which th- which two those are. Arkansas, which, you know, again, not winning six games, but they really surprised uh, SEC fans this year. Arkansas at TCU. Uh, another close matchup. You know, the, the New Year's Eve ones are some close matchups. Um Maybe not so similar play here, but uh, I think Felipe Franks and, and his crew, I think they pull that out.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you again. Um, I think this might actually be a pretty good game as well. I I, I do. I, I have to agree with you. I think Arkansas pulls that one out, and they continue on with their uh, their movement upwards in the right direction moving into the next season
1: tcu the horned frogs fifth in the big 12 they finished six and four their losses to iowa state just by three uh kansas state by a touchdown oklahoma was a big one oklahoma got them 33 to 14 um they won against uh, Texas Tech. They won against Baylor. They won against Texas, if that tells you something for TSU, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they got absolutely swamped by West Virginia 24 to six, but then they finished out their season um, with three straight wins. Uh, one of those being against the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, should be a good one. Should be a good one moving on uh, the SEC carries three of the six New year six and that is very exciting to me our first game at noon Eastern number nine Georgia at number eight Cincinnati that one is gonna be a fun game to watch as well uh, some of these bowls are just they're just matched up. So so well, and I give kudos to them.
2: Yeah, they did a really good job, except for the final four. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of these games are going to be great to watch, uh, and it, it's like how how do you pick these pretty solid matchups against these uh, against these teams in these New Year's six bowls, and then you just totally screw the pooch on the on the the most important ones but but yeah i think yeah I, the, that's that game's it's going to be a good one uh i'm liking georgia in I that too. game uh i just think uh i think georgia is also trending upwards uh with the emergence of of jt daniels I, I think that Georgia is going to have enough to uh, to pull it out in the end.
1: What I love about this game for Georgia is they they have an asterisk on here saying that it is a um you know at a neutral site. The Chick fil A Peach Bowl is going to be held in Atlanta.
2: <laughs> <So it's> not, <laughs> yeah,
1: Georgia is, is definitely yeah totally neutral have majority of <laughs> fans here. Cincinnati, of course, uh, won their division first in the American 9-0. and They did absolutely fantastic. They had uh, just one, two canceled games, and they ended up – it's weird. The at uh, Tulsa game was canceled, but then they um, – Tulsa came to them, and, of course, they won it just by field goal. Uh, their Temple game was also um, – canceled as well they put up some big points uh central florida just just won by a field goal as well put up 33 uh, ecu they beat them 55 to 17 houston they beat 38 to 10 memphis tigers 49 to 10 smu 42 to 13 uh and of course their uh, <laughs> their first game i think was against appalachian state 55 to 20 i, I think can't remember that far back. Maybe it wasn't Appalachian State, but uh, yeah, I do. I do think it's a close game, but I do think I'm, I'm with you. Georgia pulls it out. Our next game, uh, just an hour later, and this one is an ABC game. This is a one o'clock Eastern ABC. Auburn and Northwestern under new head coach Brian Harson. Is, is that how you pronounce his last name? Or is it Harrison?
2: Uh, uh, you you got me, um, uh, yeah. Whoever he is, uh, yeah, I think you know Auburn. Auburn made a huge mistake, I believe. Ah, that's just uh, so. I when they fired Malzahn, I just assumed that they already had a coach lined up ready to go. They already had their guy and it was going to be a pretty big name. But, you know, I just don't get it.
1: So so Louisiana's head coach, Billy Napier, and then uh, the Clemson defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, had turned down the Auburn job. So I don't know if they thought, hey, it's Auburn. Uh, Of course, uh, Steve Sarkeesian was reported to had they been reached out to him and he wouldn't even interview with them. I don't know. Yeah,
2: Auburn's in a tough, they're in a tough spot because they're in the West and, you know, I think somebody like Brent Venables would be more likely to take a job in the East if he was going to come to the sec um but as it stands right now as as long as nick saban is in the west um and, and it's the biggest rival for auburn you know it, that's it's a lose-lose situation because you know 90 percent of the time you're not going to have a chance against alabama um and, you know, if you get blown out in a couple of games, you're, you're done. You're yeah. done there. Yeah, like, you're gone. You're gone again. You're, so, exactly. So he, he exactly. Is, uh,
1: Brian is uh, 44 years old. You know, he's, he's mainly uh, known for his playing career in Boise State. He was a quarterback, okay. He's bounced around in his coaching career, uh, most of it spent at Boise State. Uh, tight ends coach, offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. He went to Texas for two seasons, became a head, st- a head coach at Arkansas State for a season, then back to Boise State for six seasons before Auburn going and plucking him. He does have a winning record at 76-24. and 24. He has won three out of five bowl games has uh, gone to uh, has won a Sun Belt championship three Mountain West championships and five mountain division um, championships under his belt there you know in Boise State he was 69 for 19 uh, 45 and eight in the conference you know that is the mountain West conference you know it, we, yeah <laughs> not
2: that's still that's, that's still respectable numbers you know? you know I mean
1: I could see why you know, they, why they would look at him um, and, and want
2: to yeah. pull him in. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it especially makes sense when the first three names on your list turned you down. And <laughs> who knows? There might have been a couple of more on that list that turned them down that just didn't make it public. So, you know. Who knows? I mean, the guy uh, he might get down to Auburn and and surprise a lot of people. I mean, he, Eli Drinkwitz, he he did better than I thought he was going to at Missouri. So, you know, I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt and you know see what he can do in the next couple of years at Auburn. But um, but yeah, he he's he's got a a very steep hill to climb. Uh, Going from Boise State to Auburn, it's a whole different animal there.
1: So, in that Northwestern and Auburn game, who you got on it?
2: I like Northwestern in that game. Let
1: me hit you you Um, with a couple. They were, of course, 6-2, first in the Big Ten West. Uh, This is the VRBO Citrus Bowl, by the way. Um, A lot of close games. You know, throughout their season, other than Maryland, which they absolutely you know just demolished, uh, Iowa they just beat by a point, Nebraska by a touchdown, Purdue by a touchdown, Wisconsin uh, by a, t- uh, a touchdown field goal, just ten points. there. lose to Michigan State. Um, Minnesota was canceled. Beat Illinois, and of course lost twenty-two to ten versus Ohio State in the championship game.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the only reason that I'm taking Northwestern is because, you know, Malzon, those are all his players. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really is going to sit well with a lot of those kids, um, being as they, he, they, they were all recruited by him, came to play for him. Um, so, so yeah, I just like Northwestern in this game and I I think it's going to be an ugly game, but who knows, you know, Brad's boy bum, he might, he might ball out and, you know, scramble for, um, you know, 600 yards with a total net gain (laughs) of, of 19 yards. So he, uh. Uh, Who knows, uh, Bum bum might lead him to a victory, but I'm liking Northwestern in this game.
1: The next one, the 4 o'clock on ESPN. Of course, that's Eastern, 4 o'clock Eastern ESPN. Number four, Notre Dame, number one, Alabama. We know uh, because of both of them being in the top tier the entire season, uh we've looked at both of them we've compared both of them so not much to talk about on this one and not much to talk about because nick saban and company is going to annihilate touchdown jesus
2: oh my god i mean how does a team make it in to the final four? after they just got absolutely demolished by clemson and honestly notre dame is lucky that clemson didn't put at least 14 more points on the board when they uh, gave the ball to clemson at their own 45 yard line twice um i i just don't get it i mean it's just so infuriating the fact that they let them in um
1: did you see where they? Yeah, where they, I mean, this, this is this is just the gonna Rose Bowl, of course. Nothing. And did you you know it's not being played at the Rose Bowl?
2: Yeah, and it shouldn't be played at the Rose Bowl. I mean, I never thought I would say this, but Brian Kelly he he had a point, you know, and it's absolutely absurd that there will it not least consider letting the family members. Uh, attend the game because of California's absurd covid protocol um
1: yeah I, I don't know i mean but at least it is in a uh you know big enough state so, big enough venue
2: so uh, to hell with us in the game Notre Dame fan, I definitely don't. I don't want to see my team get absolutely mud stomped into the ground for four straight quarters because that's what's going to happen. But hey, at least you could at least let some Bama fans in there to, you know, enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy every second of it just <laughs> because I want to see uh, a just. I, I'm tired of the, the, the playoff committee. I mean, this was such a joke to let them in. And it's like, you're going to let a team in that got beat 34-10 to 10 by Clemson. Go play Alabama, and it's probably going to be 50-10 to in this game.
1: The next one, done with the three of... of the uh, six New Year's Day ones. Moving on to January 2nd games, the first one at noon Eastern, number 23, North Carolina State, and Kentucky on ESPN. I have to go... I'm leaning towards, heavily leaning towards North Carolina State in this one. They finished 8-3, fourth in the ACC. Not bad. This is the TaxSlayer Gator Bowl, which, of course, last year was Tennessee and Indiana. Um, they did, you know, they beat Pitt. They beat Wake Forest. They beat Virginia. They beat Duke. Lost to North Carolina. Lost to Miami. Uh, beat Florida State. It just shows how irrelevant Florida State has been. They only lost to Miami by a field goal. Uh, beat Liberty, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech. So I I look at Kentucky and their how they play, and you know it's Kentucky. They're a basketball school, except for this year, they're not. Um, and yeah. I see them as a similar matchup, and I just I think North Carolina State wins this.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, nothing about Kentucky this year has impressed me. Um, And, yeah, NC State, I don't think they're that much more talented than Kentucky. But, yeah, I like NC State in that game as well.
1: Uh, Just 30 minutes later, in case you don't want to watch that game or, or you see NC State score on them in the first couple minutes, the ABC. This one's going to be a great one, especially for uh, Indiana. This one is uh, twelve thirty. Ole Miss, Indiana. Of course, Indiana finished eleventh. You have to give it to their their program and their head coach Tom uh, for really turning this year around and looking spectacular. Um, Indiana, uh, this is the Outback Bowl, by the way. Indiana came in, um, beat Penn State, beat Rutgers, beat Michigan, beat Michigan. This is nothing I haven't said before when we were fighting their case against um, Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, against Oklahoma, against Ohio State, I'm sorry, uh, to beat all these teams, to beat. Uh, Wisconsin and be you know the, they had uh, Purdue cancel out on them which they r- uh, really should have played um, that game. they finished six and one, first in the Big Ten East. They have just they've done phenomenal. Uh, and against Ole Miss, I think Indiana pulls this one out. You know, of course they lose to Tennessee last year in basically a special teams. Play with um, with an onside kick and Eric Gray recovering, and they going down and scoring. This year, I think they handle business and uh, finish whole Miss out and give uh, Kiffin a harder time of recruiting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, th- this is gonna this is gonna be a hell of a game as well. Gonna be a lot of offense in this game. Um, I just think that – honestly, I just think Indiana has a better team than Ole Miss, but not by much. So, I do – I like Indiana in that game as well. Um, You know, it's going to be a lot of points scored. And, yeah, you got to give all the credit in the world to Indiana's coach. He's completely turned that program into um, a legitimate threat to some of the other teams in the Big Ten. Yes. But, yeah, I like, I like Indiana in this game.
1: The last game, 8 Eastern on ESPN, number 5, Texas A&M, number 13, North Carolina. There's no question. Uh, Mond and Spiller and company at Texas A&M, I believe, run the table on North Carolina and show them that while they had a winning record, Tar Heel football had a winning record. It sh- they, they show them that uh, – this is the Capital One Orange Bowl, by the way. They show them that the ACC j- just does not have the talent as a whole anymore uh, of like they used to. I mean, do you remember when – I mean, every weekend it was, man, the U, the U. Florida State University and the U, they've, they're they going to stack it up. They're so relevant in the conversation. North Carolina Tar Heels, a basketball team, you know, Michael Jordan, the Tar Heels on the hardwood, you really didn't talk about them in football. You know, they've had some here and there. They beat Miami 62-26 to 26 last week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, North North Carolina, a man. How Mac Brown was out of a job for as long as he was was always a bewilderment to me. I mean, that that guy is—he proved for decades how good of a coach he was. And you know, North Carolina—they've got a good team. They've got a really good team, um, considering they are a basketball school. And I think they're going to give Texas A&M all they want in this game. Um, but I think Texas A&M is so mad right now that they were not the fourth team selected. Yes,
1: that, big chip on the shoulder. Yeah, uh,
2: you know. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think Jimbo Fisher and Kellen Mond and that entire team, Wider-Meyer, all those guys are wanting to go out and show the playoff committee what a mistake they made. Um, so I think North Carolina keeps it, the game interesting, but, but um, Texas A&M pulls away in the uh, uh, midway through the second half.
1: Wow, so we are 59 minutes just about roughly into this, and we have not had a schedule like this, of course, ever this year, but at the beginning of the season when we were getting seven full games to talk about. In case you have not kept count on that, that was ten. Ten games, SEC is going to be in ten bowl games. They were invited to 12 bowl games. Uh, Of course, South Carolina has to back out for the Gasparilla Bowl due to COVID-19 not being able to field enough players. And Tennessee for the uh, Liberty Bowl, I believe, had to back out as well for COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt himself even testing positive. And then retesting, I believe it was on Monday, um, with the Tennessee uh, staff, medical staff, and uh, testing positive again. So definitely confirmed. Uh, hate to see it. You know, you have such a horrible season for both of those teams. And uh, to get the opportunity to have uh, to not have six wins and still go to a, you know, invited to a bowl game and not, uh, not able to make it, um, you know, on a national stage, it really would have helped their recruiting bit had both of them gone and won. Uh, so a little sad for that. Um, and, of course, out of 12 out of 14 teams being invited is a huge thing. Of course, Vanderbilt not invited and LSU uh, opting them out completely for their ongoing investigation.
2: Yeah, it's a real shame we're not going to be able to see Vandy in a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did they ever find a coach at Vandy? They, they most just...
1: certainly did find a coach. That was my next piece of information here. The um, <laughs> the return. Oh yeah, they did find a coach. Uh-huh, yeah, was right. was uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Clark? Uh, is his pronounced Lee? I guess it's Lee.
2: Yeah, I think Clark it's Lee, Lee
1: returns. The prodigal CERN uh, returns home.
2: Yeah, well he you can't do any worse. He's at least got that going for him. So I mean I, I know you or I probably couldn't do any worse either, so you know what are the, what do they have to lose?
1: Oh, so his playing career, he played a little bit of baseball at Birmingham Southern and then Belmont in their baseball program, goes over to Vanderbilt football as a fullback for the 2002-2004 years and uh, played under, uh, I guess that would be Bobby Johnson during that time. His coaching career, uh, bouncing around a little, UCLA, South Dakota State, Bowling Green, Syracuse, Wake Forest, uh, most of those as linebackers coach. Notre Dame, of course, linebackers coach, and then a defensive coordinator for the past uh, since 18, so 18, 19, and 20, before returning to Vanderbilt. Uh, That, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. You know, he may be able to pick up a little bit of talent on their line. but
2: Yeah, that kind of just seems like that was one of those things where they just, they took some old players and just some random names and threw them in a hat. (laughs) Somebody pulled one out and said, hey, let's go with this guy.
1: Let's throw some money at him. Let's, <laughs> let's you know, he, we're gonna pay him more than what he's making as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Which,
0: yeah, and there prob- is z- probably is probably very little,
1: very little more.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's probably a smart move on on his part. The more that I think about it, I th- I thought it was a bad move on his part, but. At the same time, you know now he gets his name out there quicker. So you know if if he wins three or four ball games next, if he wins three games for Vandy next year, I mean that's obviously an improvement. Um, and if, if he wins four or five the next year, then you know, um, you know his name gets gets. Uh, starts getting a lot more attention so you know maybe yeah. he can uh maybe he can turn it around and do something i think he was making i'm my breath
1: i think he was making 1.6 or 1.7 at notre dame uh mason in 2016 made 2.5 and then i think 3.6 in 2019 so depending on what they offered him i haven't uh, gotten that far in the, in the hunt because i really don't care
2: <laughs> you and uh, neither does the uh, vanderbilt athletic association so <laughs> or their department so or any of their boosters so <laughs> yeah it seems like you're all on the same page on that one
1: everybody's in the we don't care category on that one uh, couple of, actually you know what in the Really, in the uh, men's basketball this week, there was one game yesterday. I'm sorry, uh, today's game, I'm sorry, was uh, Tennessee, uh, eighth rank Tennessee, beating um, South Carolina upstate. Is that right? Uh, SC upstate. I don't even know who that is. Uh, beating them 80 to 60. I'm I'm sorry, I'm rolling over here to the standings here. Give me just one second. There we go. In the SEC, we still got Arkansas. Um, did they, Have they even played? I feel like I said that they were 8-0 last week. Did they have some games pop out here? Arkansas 8-0, <laughs> Georgia 7-0, and both Missouri and Tennessee 6-0. I think that's wrong. I think Tennessee 7 now. Uh, congratulations to SEC Sports for not updating their own site. <laughs> uh in men's uh Yeah, they they're really not good at updating their site. They're still showing Tennessee at four and O, ranked eighth. Of course, this was last week's AP polls, okay? Um Gonzaga was in still in that top spot with four and O, Baylor and second with five and O. So uh we're definitely gonna see a rankings change. Tennessee's gonna continue to climb, especially as uh, some of these other teams are not playing. Uh, hopefully they wouldn't. You know, if Tennessee is beating people as much as they are, uh, because, of course, this one they, they got them by uh, 20 points. Their game on the, let's see here, was that Saturday's game? Uh, the 21st, they beat St. Joseph's 102-66, to and the 18th, Tennessee Tech, 103-49. to Appalachian State 79 to 38. I mean, they are just absolutely hammering teams. Uh, they are going to meet their first ranked opponent, uh, the 30th. So sorry, uh, <laughs> some basketball and football fans are going to be swapping back and forth for the 30th. Um, at number 14, Missouri, at 9 p.m. Eastern will be Tennessee playing that one. So uh, the only two ranked opponents in the SEC will be dueling it out to see who uh, stays in that spot. Um, we are entering, and that, that brings up another topic, the men will be entering a pretty much only SEC uh, conference schedule for the remainder of the year. I think Tennessee somewhere in the end of January will will play Kansas. Uh, as a big ESPN game. Um, and, of course, whenever we talk SEC basketball, we do have to bring up uh, our, our favorite Kentucky team. <laughs> their, their game uh, this past Saturday against North Carolina, they get beat. They are looking worse and worse. They have one win, five losses
2: yeah kentucky fans are not happy um a lot of them have not been happy since calipari got there um but you know we'll see it you know it's the same old with kentucky they get you know all these five-star freshmen in there and it takes mm-hmm. them a minute to Get it. to To get on the same page, mm-hmm. and once they do, they're going to be trouble. They'll, but they'll, you know, until, the until then, again. yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be rough sledding for the first f- first part of the season for Kentucky.
1: Well, Kentucky's going to play this Saturday at Louisville, and then they start their SEC-only schedule, with the exception of Texas, around that end of January again. Oh and stepping over to the women's for just one second before we wrap it up of course Georgia still leading the SEC well tied for leading the SEC with Texas A&M 8 and 0 Alabama girl 7 and 0 Ole Miss 6 and 0 Arkansas they they've only lost one 9 and 1 for those girls uh, South Carolina has been unable to play you know of course they dropped to 5 and 1 a couple weeks ago and has not been able to continue onto their schedule. Um, In the women's SEC basketball rankings, of course, we still have South Carolina at 5, Texas A&M at 9, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Kentucky at 11, 12, and 13. No change since last week's um, show. I think we hit everything. You feel good about it?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I think we we hit it all. Um, yeah, possibly I'm, the I'm longest show this year, but a lot out, of games. So.
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
2: yeah, lot, lot to cover. Lot,
1: lot to cover. Fans, we want to thank you for tuning in to this. Um, Last review of the regular season. Of course, we, as we mentioned, got these bowl games getting in, and we'll break those down and talk about all ten of the SEC bowl games. That is going to be a long show as well. Good night. Uh, running <laughs> in on 70, 70 minutes on this one. It's uh, we're not used to that. Yeah. Imagine having uh, if we would have had Brad on this evening, it, you know, and had a little bit more talking. We no, no telling. The first two hour show brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking up something that won't yeah. let you go to sleep fans we want to thank you for listening for Brad Rush that's not in Luke also and myself um, tune in next week follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at SEC Fan Talk and for the SEC where it just means more enjoy your bowl games
2: Merry Christmas and go Gators
1: yeah and that whole Merry Christmas yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs>